Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone in the world out there. I've had some great conversations along the way leading up to this podcast, one of which I wanted to really highlight and I wanted to share with you all one of my great friends and good connections. His name is Troy Hooper. He's the CEO of Kiwi Restaurant Partners. He's out there, he's in the field, looking to see what's next for the restaurant and hospitality industry. For this segment, I want to take a chance to really highlight what a CEO does, implementing values on a day-to-day basis, what he believes in, taking us this journey into the future, what is up with restaurants, what is up with hospitality. So without further ado, I'd love to bring on board and introduce to you Troy Hooper. Hey, Troy, what's going on, man? Hey, Agostino, doing really well. Things are awesome. The world's beautiful and great to be here. Awesome. Hey, I'm so glad to make this time out there for you. I think you're doing something so amazing, you know, being out there for everyone. If it's all right with you, I love to tell everyone how we met, how we stay connected. Is that okay? Absolutely. Yeah. So just to give you a little bit of context there for everyone listening out, back in California, this is probably maybe about four or five years ago, I used to work in hotels. And from my transition from California to Austin, Texas, I was at a great grand property. It was the White Castle on the Hill. And then out of nowhere, you know, here's me just being manager on duty, assistant manager. Troy Hooper comes into LinkedIn. And at the time, I didn't have as many connections as I do now. But Troy Hooper comes in. He's like, hey, I'd love to connect, man. And I'm like, a CEO wants to connect with me. What does he have to say? What is he all about? Fast forward to now, as I follow Troy, I see that he's engaging with not only restaurant hospitality leaders, but also meshing it with technology leaders to really see what is going on as restaurants and hospitality take into or journey into this future that we now are going through as the age of digital transformation. So Troy, Mike's over to you. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, what you're all about, and what is your company doing today to help us advance here? Yeah, thanks, Augustino. You know, I've spent 30 years this year in the hospitality space. I'm actually about three weeks away from my 30th anniversary. And uh, I started as a hospitality restaurant guy. My dad was a owner and a part operator of a couple of nightclubs and bars, really interested in the restaurant space. He built restaurants through his construction company. And so my first job was in the kitchen of a Bennigan's, which is kind of like a TGI Fridays for those maybe a little younger. It was their competitor back in the day. And I started in the kitchen and I went to culinary school and, you know, very quickly worked up to kitchen manager within a year, uh, ordering and scheduling and doing inventory, things like that. Very busy location. And I just was in love with hospitality, just in love with the restaurant business. I spent five years in the kitchen, both after my culinary degree and cooking and, and management and back of the house management. I made that transition to the front, which is not common. You know, a lot of times people don't cross the line. I spent the better part of the next 20 years in building out new concepts, reconceptualizing concepts, coming up with new brands, and helping owners and operators improve the operation, first from the back of the house, but certainly after I got my business degree and really had the ability to bring some of that business sense and some of those fundamental foundational principles to the restaurant business, which was still pretty 
pretty lacking. And so I've really spent about 20 of my last 30 years uh, helping restaurants and hotels and private clubs and resorts turn around and improve their business, add profit centers, add and improve their food and beverage programming as a particular specialty. And uh, in the last five years, I've pivoted out of the management asset transition role. And really we've started focusing on helping restaurant concepts scale, either brand new ideas or uh, small restaurant groups and brands that are looking to really take it to the next level and accelerate their growth, both on a unit by unit basis, but also on a total unit count basis. And so Kiwi Restaurant Partners today is a brand scaling consultancy. We bring all of the outside resources necessary to an owner operator or investment group in many cases to help get them from where they are to where they want to go. Average client has between three and five restaurants that we start working with. And then whatever that goal for them is, we take that journey, usually over about an 18 to 20 month period until they're really skilled up and have all the tools and information they need to be able to stand on their own and, and keep the growth going. So that's a little bit about the background, a little bit about who we are and what we do today. That's awesome, Troy. I think you're all on a really amazing journey. I know you've been working with, with like a lot of restaurant and leaders in the space, scaling up as we really journey into the future here. Before we go into the next segment, and this one really takes a place really close to my heart because going into this and over these next three episodes, and Troy here is our first legacy guest, we're going to talk a little bit about the people side. And I think that's really important as we go into develop any organizations, you start with the people first. So Troy, going into this first part, the first step I think is so important is about serving others. Tell us what that means to you. Tell us what that means to your company and understanding. I started off as a young man making meat and cheese trays for my dad's New Year's Eve party, hosting and throwing the party. It was my entire life and my entire childhood. My dad really enjoyed that aspect of social engagement. And so I learned from day one, from moment one in my life, that life is really about serving others. My father's always had been a part of a nonprofit and giving and community uplifting and projects like that. I've been on a board of a nonprofit my entire adult life. Serving really is the joy in life because as you give to others, you receive tremendous fulfillment and benefits. You know, in the hospitality space, it's meant to be all about serving, right? If you have a servant's heart and you really live day to day and moment by moment, decision by decision, grounded in the idea that we are here to serve and you take joy in that, not only is it a fulfilling life, but it can be a very rewarding life financially, even as an employee, making your way through the corporate ladder or a family group, or certainly as an owner operator. You know, I think too many people focus on the commodities in our business, which are knowing how to do inventory and optimizing their menu engineering and understanding the P&L and what is effective advertising. These are all formulaic. These are all tried, true. There's methods. You can pick your lane and test and retest and redeploy. What's not a commodity, but I feel is very often treated as a commodity is our employee base. The folks that made a decision to join our mission, join our vision, help us achieve our ideals and our optimal abilities in our brand, our restaurant, our concept. And I think much too often, as evidenced by the great resignation, the quiet quitting, we're learning this term, is that we've really looked at people as tools 
rather than rather than people with their own ideals and beliefs and dreams. And in something that made us and myself very successful in the turnaround business, the business improvement business, is really understanding that it all starts with the people. If you don't start with the people and you don't win the hearts and minds through authentic, real connection, and you don't really know who they are and what they're all about, you certainly can't extrapolate the best of them. You can't get them to bring the best version of themselves and give of themselves more than the minimum, which is what a lot of folks unfortunately find themselves doing because they're just not appreciated. So for me, I start as a leader with understanding and telling my teams that I understand that my job is to serve them. It's really a reverse pyramid. A lot of people look at it, the man on top, right? Who's the CEO? Who's the head guy? But really it's an inverted triangle because really my job is to give the tools and resources, knowledge and motivation as the one person at the bottom of this pyramid and feed that up the chain, motivate the next person and the next two people and the next four people as that triangle gets wider at the top. It is our job as leaders to give the people the tools and enlighten them and empower them, give it to them and let them do what they know how to do. And that is different for everybody. And you need to know the person to know what their skill set is, to know what their interest graph is, and then help them focus on those things so they can shine for you. Ultimately, they're giving of themselves. I believe as a leader, we have to serve our teams and the people that come to work with us and who believe in our mission and want to help support our success. It's our job to give them what they need. Thanks so much, Troy. That's amazing to see. We implemented that mind process here on a weekly basis. So I'm so thankful that we have leaders like you looking out because that's really at the base of it. And then, so now that we've taken the first step to serve, what's next? Let's take it one more notch and let's talk about ownership, taking initiatives and going above and beyond. How does that fit into your world? What does that mean to you? Yeah. Well, first you have to open the door and tell people that you're willing to entertain and you are interested. And quite frankly, you need their input. You need their skills. You need the best of them at the table. And before they can go out and do anything, you have to make it clear that you're not the all-knowing, mighty Wizard of Oz behind the curtain, pulling the levers, and nobody can question your authority. You have to invite people to give you the best of them. And so something I've always done is made it very, very clear that I appreciate everybody's participation, but showing up and doing the job is the bare minimum. I want to unlock and utilize their skills and their interests to benefit everyone. And so examples are at a private club that my company ran for a number of years, the team was given, the entire team was populated with a lot of great artists. We have a couple of good art schools in our community. And, and so a lot of our staff, servers and bartenders and cooks and things were phenomenal skilled artists. And so we said, guys, we're going to give you $15,000 and we're going to throw per party and we're going to throw two massive parties. We'll sell tickets and all that good stuff, but we want you to just go all out. Whatever creative idea you have, you have $15,000 to buy the materials and you have to give your time and, and we'll give you all the accolades and pride for doing it. And we built 
haunted houses for Halloween, a big giant fancy haunted house. The dining room was just decked out in amazing custom art and creations. It was like a movie set and they would do it again for New Year's. So we'd have a theme for Halloween and a theme for New Year's and we'd give them the money. And they basically would just come to us and say, here's the idea. Here's the theme. Here's some of the things we want to do. Here's some things we want to build. Good. Go for it. All in. I believe in you. You know, that's a grandiose sort of specific case, but you can do that on micro levels every day. When somebody taps on the door, or pulls you aside in the kitchen and says, hey, I've got an idea. I see that we're all kind of struggling with this task, or maybe the coffee machine is in the wrong place, or maybe we're not storing enough of something somewhere, or hey, you know, every time we need a bottle, we got to go find a manager and go get a bottle out of the liquor cabinet. Maybe there's a better way. You have to stop what you're doing, authentically engage eye to eye, listen, and consider that input. And it's okay to say not now, or let's think about it. What I love to do, because I want to empower people to give me the ideas is don't just bring me a problem, but please bring me suggested solutions. And why don't you go and solicit additional solutions in a huddle with your team, with people you work with, people across different areas of our company, go get ideas and bring those with the problem. Hey, Troy, I've noticed a problem. I'd love to help solve it. I've got some ideas. I talked to some people on the team and some people across the teams, and here's what we think are some good ideas. What do you think? Well, it could be an immediate yes. It could be a let's think about it. It could be let's have a team meeting. It could be go back and do some more homework. Here's the information I need to make that decision. It could be we need to do some research on how we implement that or what impacts that has on other people, but empower people to give of themselves. And if you open that door, you authentically invite it and you really connect with it when they bring it. And you don't just say, no, that's a dumb idea. Of course, you'd be amazed at how many problems you don't know about that they'll solve, how many efficiencies they'll improve. You weren't even aware they're costing time, costing money, causing waste, things of that nature. Thank you for that. I saw and read an article the other day. It's really about giving everyone a chance and seat at the table, right? Absolutely. Everybody matters. They're choosing you. They're choosing your business. Everybody matters and everybody has great ideas. And trust me, you know, this is what we do for a living. We're not smarter than the operator we're working with. We just have perspective. We're on the outside looking in and we have the advantage of having been involved with many, many versions of your business and many alternative versions of your business out there across all of our relationships. And so we've just seen more maybe, but moreover, we're just really looking in from the outside and your team's doing that, right? They're huddling in the parking lot going, man, I wish they would do this. I wish they would see that. I wish they would make this easier. Why can't they fix that machine or buy that tool? You know, the answer is probably they don't know. (laughs) They need somebody to tell them and help them. There's a lot of balls to juggle. So outside perspective is always a valued asset and you have to be open to it. And the only way anybody knows you're open to it is to proactively invite it and let people know about it. 100%. So Troy, this is probably a big topic for everyone and probably a lot of favorites there too. You started off with CERB, you're going to take ownership and now let's grow. Tell us the journey. Let's go into the future with you here. Where do you see yourself? What does it mean by being continuously open to learning? Yeah, I mean, look, I spend probably on average one to two hours a day seeking to understand. 
so that I can be understood. That's one of my mantras. It's a Stephen Covey tenant of the seven habits of highly effective people, which I was a big converter to in my mid-20s. But seeking first to understand, then be understood is, is really the role of a leader. And there's only one way that I can give advice and help people look at different ideas of how to improve not only their journey, but my own journey and our company. And that is to look to others and see what others are doing. What are people we admire doing? What are they looking for? What problems are prevalent that people are asking for solutions? Can we come up with those? So for us, we always like to be uncomfortable. We always like to hit a little bit above our weight class, so to speak. We like to push it a little bit. You know, we have assembled people who have done amazing things, but this didn't happen overnight. This is almost a 30-year journey. And I've owned my own company for 24 of those 30 years in one respect or another. I've learned a lot of lessons over the years and I've always been willing to ask for the opportunity to seek it. And by the way, that's what I tell teams that I work with. That's what I tell teams that I consult with is go offer, tell people you want to be a part of it. Volunteer, offer your willingness to be uncomfortable to learn. And we do the same thing here. We're always going out there and looking at what other people are doing. I'm going to a one-day summit next week put on by a large fund that owns a number of restaurant brands, and I'm going to that really as a student. I'm going to see and learn as a new fund manager, developer, how do they do what they do to learn from people who have done what I want to do. And by the way, they've done it really, really, really well. High integrity, high quality, just great people, and I'm going to be a student for a day and a half to learn from them, to see how they do what they do and what they suggest and teach their operators. Many of their operators are going to be panelists and and presenters. I'm going to get to hear from them how their business has changed, how they've leveled up and skilled up. So, you know, you've just got to be a lifelong learner. You got to put your hand up and you've got to be willing to be a little uncomfortable and go for it and ask for it. And by doing that, you may not get the opportunity you want today, but you can learn what the path is to that opportunity. And I'm always trying to do that. And that is definitely what we're always encouraging folks that we work with. That's owners and operators of brands that want to grow to one-man pizza shops and donut shops to people who have an idea and want to leave their corporate life and start a restaurant. It's really about the sharing and giving of information and learning together, taking a journey. Awesome, Troy. How about going to the future? What do you see next? What's next for restaurant hotels? What does that go for you? Yeah, the digital hospitality, digital adoption is the biggest thing coming, right? Everybody's trying to figure out how to work together. I'm really encouraged to see many of the technology providers working together closely with cross-pollinization and cross-integrations and And there's a lot of acquisition and merger stuff going on there too. But look, the world is going far more digital. And in doing that, it's going to go a lot faster. And so the restaurant industry in particular, and and I know hotels are struggling and resorts as well, everybody's trying to catch up. And the reality is just do one thing and do it really well and then take on the next thing. But, you know, the digital evolution and revolution is here and it's left the station a long time ago, but that train is becoming a bullet train more and more every day. Certainly we see a lot in robotics, automation, 
AI, machine learning, the pollination of that. Companies that have been doing one thing really well for a while are starting to evolve and adapt and bring other things in you wouldn't think about. So the personalization of everything, you know, you might want to think of it as minority report. We are going there in a way, not, not in the scary dystopian version of that, but the fact that you're going to walk down the street with a contact in your eye initially, and if you're an Elon fan, a chip in your head, that's going to project an image into your brain. Personalization is coming and it's coming really fast. Don't be surprised when you walk into your favorite coffee shop and the menu board in front of you changes to reflect what it knows about you and offer you what you would be most interested in. That's already starting to happen. So exciting. Don't be terrified. But there's a lot there and there's a lot of catch up for a lot of folks to do. You're not going to get ahead of this. You're not going to be up to date every day. Look, every time I, I have a great iPhone, but I saw the iPhone 14 Pro Max announcements coming and I'm, I'm really excited about that. You know, I'm like, oh, I have a 12. I think it's time for a 14. You're just never going to catch up to technology and what all is available. What matters is picking and working deeply with the things that are going to give you the advantages you need, improve your efficiencies, improve your bottom line, to give you time back to allow you to do things, other things better. Just, just really focus on the things you love and like. So we see a lot in obviously tech and AI, machine learning and robotics and how all those things work together to bring you a more personalized experience. That is really what's coming right now. Awesome choice. Before we wrap up this episode, I just want to take a few moments to do a big shout out and really thank those individuals out there who have developed specialized skills and really began to take away, disrupt the nine to five work style and taking care of their careers, taking care of their families and just having their life. I really want to thank all the freelancers out there. They're really making the world a very digitally nomadic place to be. And with that being said, I really just want to do one last big shout out to Troy. Again, he's a CEO and Kiwi Restaurant Partners. He's out there in the field to help us, help you and everyone there in the restaurant and hospitality industry to discover all the upcoming innovations, all the best practices with the values that we learned here today from him to help really accelerate and get hospitality restaurants ready for a very digitally transforming and inclusive future. I also wanna thank everyone for listening in today on this first pilot episode. It means so much to me for your support. And I'm catering all these episodes center around the vision purpose and motivators to journey into the future with you all as we continue to unlock the power and understanding the human voice. One last thing, Troy, do you have any words of wisdom to leave for the audience today? Well, I might've dropped it. You know, the mantra of seek first to understand, then be understood is a key one. I think really embrace curiosity. At the end of the day, ask questions, spend time looking at what others are doing and Consider how that might impact you and how you might participate, but really just invite folks to join you on your journey. You'll be amazed at how many people you know and don't know who will raise their hand and gladly give of themselves and amplify your capabilities and accelerate your success. Awesome. Troy, thank you so much. I always look forward to speaking with you. And 
Everyone, I can't wait to be with you all on the next episode. Thank you so much, and we'll see you soon.